baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH, and 96.5 TIC. Our guest this morning is Republican State Senator Henry Martin of Bristol. We're going to be talking about how Connecticut lawmakers have been having conversations recently with the State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection about basically the future of gas-powered vehicles in Connecticut. It's been something that has been talked about so much this year already, and it's a topic that's not going away anytime soon, so it's important to continue to get updates as they happen. Good morning, Senator, and welcome to the program. Good morning, Morgan. Thanks for having me. Very happy to have you on. I know that you guys have been having conversations with the state deep recently. Could you just start us off with a summary on where things are and what has happened in the last week or so? Sure. Uh, so this past July, Governor Lamont and Deep announced that they were going to be adopting regulations to ban the sale of gasoline and diesel-operated vehicles starting in 12 years from now. So that would be 20 in the year 2035. Uh, and not too many pe- people actually know about this, but none- nonetheless, the uh, this week uh, the committee, which is these regulations that they are uh, asking the regs review committee at the state legislature to to adopt and that decision that conversation is going to take place in November this week they did have a meeting I think the start of the conversation began and they're going to follow up next month what are alternatives to getting to this point because there is some support for finding a new way to improve our transportation in the coming decades and in the coming years. But to many, it seems like that this is being jumped. So from your perspective, what's a better path forward here? Yeah, so let let me just be clear. I don't think anybody's against EVs. Uh, You know, I think uh, it is uh, an option for our consumers, our state people, the state of Connecticut, um, but it's, I guess what we are concerned about is the, the aggressive uh, plan that is placed before us here and in trying to achieve these emission goals that, you know, the state has placed us under. Currently, we are, um, we are back in 2004, um, we passed legislation that adopted California emission standards, and currently, uh, California adopted new regulations to ban the sale of gas-powered cars. Uh, and now, uh, you know, the Lamont administration uh, is uh, is moving forward with those California regulations for the state of Connecticut. Now, the problem is, is that, you know, a choice is being taken away from us. More importantly is what's the impact of these regulations moving forward? Uh, let, let me, you know, there are a lot of unanswered questions, 
and you know the cost, the uh, power supply. And what I mean by that is, how, you know, how many additional power? How much additional power do we actually need? So currently, you know, we we sell about 136,000 cars annually in Connecticut, and currently only one percent of all those cars are EVs. Uh, let, me, let me put it a different way. Three million registered vehicles, and only 1% is our EVs. That's like 36,000 cars. So if we're going to bring on, by 12 years from now, all new vehicles, so 136,000 new cars every year, how much power do those vehicles require? We don't have an answer for that. And where is that power going to come from? Meaning that is the current power grid that supplies our electricity able to provide that amount of new power? We don't have an answer to that. Or do we have to build a new generator, meaning that the companies, you know, we have uh, an array of power suppliers here in the state of Connecticut, and they are, you know, they provide the power to the power grid. My question is, is how much additional power are we going to need to meet the new demand, and are we going to need to build a new power station or generator, or are the current power suppliers able to provide the new power? And the answers are not immediately given to us. Are you and finding then, that there... Let me just add one additional thing. Yes. So is that power going to be clean? So is it going to be provided by, let's just say, no, the current generators are are ample enough to provide that electricity. But the we have a nuclear power with Millstone, and then we have the companies that provide the electricity are powered by gas. And what does that mean And uh, to the prices of providing the electricity? Are you hearing concerns from across the aisle about this plan? Yeah, I'm not sure. I heard that this week in the regulatory regs review board that there were some questions asked. And uh, to be frank, yeah, there are questions. Uh, think about this, Morgan. So, uh, you know, power stations, char- power charging stations are going to be uh, required to uh, throughout the the state of Connecticut. So where are they going to go? How many are we going to need? And the what's the cost of that? Um, you know, uh, and what's the cost of, you know, uh, let's go back a little bit to those, the generators, right? The power supply companies that provide the electricity to the grid. So what I'm, we're told by Eversource, and this is at a very high level, I'll say, you know, 30,000 foot high, in that uh, the example that was given in public testimony a few months back, I think it was in May, uh, that they, uh, just Eversource, we've got two two companies that provide the electricity. They transmit the electricity to the consumers here in Connecticut, and they are Eversource and United Illuminated, right? Uh, So if you buy an AV and... I buy an EV, and our neighbors, we're in the same neighborhood, and uh, the whole neighborhood 
provide uh, builds a uh, purchases EVs, then the transformer at the end of the street is going to need to be changed. And then if the next neighborhood does the same thing and the next neighborhood after that, then the transmission lines, those power lines are going to have to be upgraded. They're going to have to be a little bit larger. Now when you go to from neighborhood to towns, an entire town to the next town and the next town, now you're talking about the larger transmission lines that need to be changed out. Those costs, we don't know. Eversource came out and said, "What we have not made any design plans currently. What we do know, and the cost of upgrading the, up, the current grid that we have will need to be changed. It will need to be updated along with all the substations that we have. In addition to, we'll need to build 14 new substations. And that's only Eversource. And that's, they estimated, again, more, I'm going to say, a back of an envelope a little bit, $2.4 billion. And what I just told you about changing out the transformers and the transmission lines, that's not included. So what does that mean to the power, the cost of power. Currently, I think we're the fifth in the country that pays the highest electrical rates. So if we're going to be saying to the state of Connecticut is you need to purchase these EVs, all new EVs, then show us a plan that what's the cost of that and what does that mean to the consumers? What's that mean to your electrical rates, Morgan? What does it mean to mine? We don't know that. It's just a half-baked plan. In other words, and I'm talking on Face Connecticut this morning with Republican State Senator Henry Martin of Bristol, Connecticut's 31st district. In other words, what you're telling me is that you guys have had some conversations with the utilities like Eversource, but the information that's needed to make a full decision on this and to enact a plan is not currently there. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many inconveniences that we've identified uh, and... You know, we're going to be pumping millions of dollars into this needed infrastructure. We've, you, need to, you need to have the infrastructure in place for this to happen, but not only here in the state of Connecticut, but throughout the whole country. But it's an extensive infrastructure uh, of all these charging stations that are going to be required. And that means, in addition, that uh, not only homeowners – but you've got to recruit retailers to have them in their parking areas. Ah. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And businesses to install them in their workplace. Uh, Talk to any trucking uh, with a large number of fleets, what does it mean to them? So in addition to the, the lightweight cars, by 12 years from now, 2035, by 2042, we're talking about 40, oh, excuse me, we're talking about 
2042, 20,042, any midsize and large trucks are going to be need to be EV. And currently, they're going. From what we are told, they're probably going to consume 40 percent of all the energy. Just that alone. So, uh, you know, California. I think some information that we've learned in California that for every current gas pump that is in service right now, they need 20 charging stations in order to keep up with the flow and the, you know, for people pulling in and getting gas, etc. Then uh, comes the question of where are those going to be put? That's correct. Yeah. Now think about this. Let's take it a step further. So you own a multifamily apartment building, uh, two family, three family, four family, and whose responsibility is that? Are the renters or is it the landlord? And are we going to force it on the landlords to provide that to their tenants? And if not, okay, then that means the renters, they purchase an EV, are now going to need to go to a retailer, some uh, some facility or some uh, spot where they're going to need to be able to recharge. Now, recharging from what we learn is takes 30 minutes and that's, Quick, a quick 20 to 30 minutes, and a longer one takes three hours, four hours. So these renters are going to need to go where? What, what, what's that going to look like? It's, so, and now take it. Now take it another level. How about if you got 100 units of a complex? You know, here in Bristol, uh, there's a 200 unit complex. Uh, one in particular that I have in mind, but there's a handful that's 40, 30 units. What does that mean there? And what does it mean to uh, to all the businesses? How many businesses are we going to lose as a result of this? This was announced on July 26th of this year, which means that this came after the past legislative session. And we at this point are about three months away from the start of the next legislative session in February of 2024. So are you expecting that this is going to come up for a large discussion in the General Assembly next year? If we do, I think we'll be very fortunate. Unfortunately, is next month, this vote, if there is the, it's a bipartisan board, it's the equally number of Republicans, equal number of Democrats. And the objective, in order to stop this, a no vote, to those regulations that are being submitted by the governor and Department of uh, uh, Environmental and Energy uh, Department, we need to have a no vote in order to stop this sort of in its tracks, put on the brakes. And then we can have that discussion in in February in the session where we can go back to where we adopted whatever California does, then we can change to the EPA, the federal standards, which do not require us to do this. And that's the objective, is to put on the brakes for next month and then come back in, in the intercession in February and address this so that we do not have to conform to California. So, you know, Morgan, think about this. So we're at the mercy of California, really? So how am my constituent able to talk to a representative, a state senator, the governor in California. So whatever they do, we have to adopt that? 
where's I just I just gave any type of authority or power or discussion over to California. How how how's that? You know, I don't know what they did in 2004. I don't think uh, you know if that vote was taken today. I think it would be quite different. Is it a possibility to repeal that 2004 legislation? Yes. yes, absolutely. If we say no to these regulations, then in February we come back and say we introduce a bill and get the legislators behind it and say, no, we're not going to follow those standards. We're not going to allow California to dictate our regulations. We can go to the federal standards. And I think there's only a handful of states, and I don't know the number, Morgan, but there's only a handful of states that follow the uh, California standards. Have you or your colleagues ever been in touch with anybody from California on how this works in the state there? No, we have not. Uh, I came across an article regarding, um, you know, those an article as to what's what's happening out there in California, and they raised pretty much the same concerns uh, regarding the uh, what's happening. You know, when I brought up the uh, the lack of jobs, you know, that what they are seeing is anyone who builds engines, you know, the, this job creation that they're claiming, yeah, we are going to create some jobs, manufacturing jobs that are in another part of the country, but here locally, we're going to lose jobs. Uh, those that are in the, uh, that have anything to do with building any engines, all the parts of engines, uh, they'll, th- those individuals will be out of jobs. Uh, all those repair shops, uh, some of them will be able to service some of the electric cars, but you won't, you won't see as many repair shops. And, the, it's just a matter of time. If we adopt these regulations in 2035, what's the lifespan of a vehicle? 10 years, 12 years, maybe 15, right? Based on 10,000 miles a year, 12,000 miles a year, 120. Let's say you get 200,000 miles a year, 10,000 10, miles a year, that's 20 years. So by 2055, I know we're talking, uh, we're talking out there a little bit, right? 25 years or so from now. But think uh, you won't have any more gasoline-operated vehicles in the country or in Connecticut. So all those jobs will all go away, you know. So uh, there's just a lot of unseen questions. And also there's the environmental impact of this, and people don't talk about. Uh, The, you know, the the materials that are required – uh, we're looking at nickel, cobalt, lithium, and those come from another part of the, of the, uh, the world. Uh, Russia, uh, I, we've learned that some of those essential materials come from Russia, China, Ukraine, Africa, Afghanistan, and other parts of the, of the, of the world as well. But this lithium... Uh, is uh, there's a process to that, and I've seen a couple of photos that show the environmental impact and it, the process that it goes through, and you can't help but see that okay, this is this is violates some of the standards that we have in the state of Connecticut. That would not take place here, and also it also raises the human rights impact. On, of uh, of the EVs, 
you know, a lot of these mining that takes place includes human, violates human rights. And that's a whole other issue, right? the ch- child labor issues globally. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, Morgan, a lot of talk to talk about. Well, it will definitely be interesting to follow what happens in November and also the discussions that maybe had come next year's legislative session. What are you hearing from your constituents? Are they concerned? Are you finding that many state residents aren't even aware that this is going on? What are you hearing from people in your district, the 31st district, Senator Martin? Um, Morgan, I have monthly breakfast meetings and one in Plymouth and one in Bristol uh, every single month. And this, this past week, the one that I went to, the very first question was about the EVs. And then the conversation took, took off from there. And then most of the people do not know about this. Do not know about this. This is moving forward very quietly. The media has not, uh, I think they're aware of it, you know, because this goes back to July. And I hope that from between now and November 28th, many people have heard about what's going on with this mandate that's being forced on us because it's going to be costly. We don't know what it, the cost is going to be. I don't know if you've been following what's happened down at State Pier down in New London, right, uh, with the wind. Correct, correct. And, you know, that was sold to us. And I was in the room when this pitch was made Gee, this is good for us, state of Connecticut, going to cost us $91 million. Well, it went from $91 million to $150 million. Then it went to $150 to $225 to $235 to $300 million now. And that's all because no details were provided. We were sold felt like we were hoodwinked into this, and this feels the same way to me right now. It's that we're given, oh, this is good for the economy. This, oh, excuse me, this is good for the emissions that is in our air. We're going to be reducing it. I beg to differ. What is the demand required to accommodate all the new EVs and eventually the trucks? What's the total demand? What is the cost of that? But if you're saying that we need X power, 40, megabyte, uh, 40 uh, megawatts, what does that cost? What does that mean? Who's going to provide it? And if it's going to be these current facilities, these generators here in the state of Connecticut, how much emissions are they going to be producing in the air minus the emissions that we're taking out with having less gasoline-operated vehicles. I get that. I think we all want clean air. Let me ask you this. Is there any possible compromise here? Instead of going full-on with the EVs in the year 2035, maybe it's hybrid vehicles. Is that something that's been floated around in the General Assembly at all? I Listen, uh, we, we will have discussions. I think we all want what's right, what's the right thing, what's the right mix. Yes, uh, we can have those discussions. What we're looking to, to do is first stop, make sure we have a no vote so that we can have that discussion in February. Currently, this vote goes through, it's a done deal. 
This is going to happen. If it ends up in a 7-7 vote, it's a done deal. If, if it ends up with no vote, it's a done deal. So it's imperative that we get a no vote and the people, of, uh, they, you know, the, those that want to call, I would encourage all your listeners to call their state legislators and, uh, and particularly on the Democratic side because I'm positive you're probably going to get a no vote across the board with the, with the Republicans just because of uh, so many unanswered questions uh, that they call their legislators and tell them to vote no on this. Senator Martin, definitely an issue that's not going to go away, and I think we'll have more conversations about this in the months to come. Have a great weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 